You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. And here are the Sixers in no particular hurry. Welcome to No Particular Hurry. My name is Dave Early. Today's guest is someone who's been here with us before, a basketball coach and skills trainer to NBA and WNBA stars, some legends like Kevin Durant, Marcus Cousins, Gilbert Arenas, Steve Francis, Shamika Holsclaw, Alana Beard, uh, and more. And he is the current trainer for Jaden Springer, the Sixers 28th overall pick out of Tennessee, 18 years old. Will turn 19 in September. He's known as a stalwart defender, and he shot over 43% from downtown. Very excited to talk to Keith and to pick his brain about the Sixers' newest first-round pick. Without further ado, let's talk to Keith Williams. How you doing, Keith? Welcome back. How you doing, man? Oh, Long time since we talked when I was in Santa Barbara with DeMarcus Cousins. Yeah, that was the last time, right? Yep. And... um. And I saw I saw him on your Instagram. I saw you wrote that he he basically paid the way for guys like Jokic and Embiid. He did. He did. People people forget how good he was. I tell people go look at his uh, highlights. No knock on these guys, but he was even more dynamic. But you know, energies have you know zapped him of his quickness and some of his athleticism. But he, he still looks good. Still looks good. He still got a lot of the skills. I mean, his his speed and his physical advantage is diminished, but the skills are still there. You could tell. And he put, no, sure. he put some and of it into mind, work in the playoffs. Yeah. The mind, the mind is there. He's a quick thinker. Mm-hmm. Um, and we got you on now because you've been working with Jaden Springer, right? Yes. Really talented kid. Great person. Great person. That That's good to hear. Um, I saw something on your Instagram saying, Basically, if you work with a client, you want to not just get to know them as a player, but you want to get to know them as a person a bit, right? Definitely. It's like you got to know what makes them tick so you can know, you know, which way to guide them and how to guide them. And what would you say? Or So first of all, you, you were down in Miami with him, right? But not just him, like his brothers, I think his father. Yeah, yeah, whole family. Great family. Great setup. You know, his dad, obviously, was a McDonald's All-American, also got drafted by the Sixers. So it's, it's a great story. And where is he in the pecking order of age with his brothers? He's the second youngest. Second youngest. And he's one of the youngest players in this draft, right? He's still 18. I, I think he's the second youngest. I think Primo is the youngest. Primo looks the youngest, too. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you think that his age um, – could work against him if he were to wind up getting thrown in a big moment this season? No, I think I think he's ideal 
the way he's, you know, the way he's been raised by his parents, especially his dad in basketball, because he's a defensive minded, tough player first. So he's not going to look to take, you know, he's not going to look to take the last shot. He, he's he's going to understand that, you know, that's what Joel or one of the other guys, and he'll just kind of fit in like a chameleon. Sixers have had, you know this, they have had a very hard time finding two-way players. If they get a shooter, he gets picked on on D. Even Kevin Herter takes advantage of Seth Curry. Uh, right. if, if he could play D, then defenders don't really respect him. Um, so it would be huge if they could find a guy who could play both ends of the floor. Do you see that uh, as something that he offers? Definitely. I think if he sticks to what he's good at, you know. Right now, he's great at obviously making a wide open three. And then physically, he's so strong, he can get to that mid-range, something that Devin Booker and Chris Paul took advantage of. He can get to that mid-range. I think he can be, he can be deadly, especially against backups. Yeah. So do you think, look, so he didn't, he didn't take a ton of open threes. He wasn't asked specifically. I think he spoke about that on Saturday. He wasn't asked at Tennessee to shoot a ton of threes. Um, no, the offense, the offense wasn't set up that way and they had a really good team. So it wouldn't have made sense to go outside the parameters of the team for yourself when they win it. But no, I mean, but you can't grade against a guy if he made basically half of the shots he took. Yeah, yeah, and he was close to that, about 43%, right? Correct. Um, I think I read that he was around 35 or so percent on catch-and-shoot shots, which isn't amazing, um, but his form looks looks pretty workable to me. What do you think of his shooting form? He's solid. He's solid. He's always been a kid who can make shots, so I don't see that change. I would say that he's got – not the quickest release, but he's got a very high release. So for, for a player who's not the tallest, I think he's about, what, 6'3"? 6'4". 6'4". 6'4 and a half. Yeah, 6'4 and a half. For a player about that height uh, who doesn't have wingspan as an advantage, uh, it's important for him to get that off. Do you think he'll struggle to get his shot off at the pro level? No, I don't see him having a problem. What is something that you look when you look at his jumper? Like before, when did you start working with him? A few months ago? No, I worked with him off and on for a couple of years. Okay, so the first time you met him was what? Uh, maybe almost three years ago. And you started working out together, or? Yeah, yeah. And what did you what did you suggest then, or what kind of drills did you work on then? I mean, we just wanted to be more of a scorer. At that time, you know, he had been a scorer his whole life. And he, at that time, he was he was just going to IMG, playing on a really, really good team. And we wanted to make sure he stayed aggressive. Even though you're playing with other great players, wanted to stay aggressive. And actually that year, he ended up being the leading scorer on IMG's team that won the national championship as, a, as an 11th grader. Well, was there a specific moment where you were coaching with him where you thought this guy could be a first-round pick in the NBA? No, nah, I definitely thought it, you know, because he's always been physically advanced. And then his dad has done such a, a wonderful job with him, you know. You know, you knew that was the path he was going. Yeah, he's – um, I would say he's not the most uh, 
blow you off the screen with his athleticism like his teammate. Keon Johnson posted a 48-inch max vertical. But in a lot of ways, he's an unorthodox athlete where he's got crazy good lateral agility. A lot of guys can receive praise if they can spot you know, someone coming, a trailer coming behind them and hit him with a no look pass. He can mm-hmm. see, he can see a screen coming behind him without looking at it. And he just makes himself so narrow to stay around that screen and stay in front of a guy defensively. No, he, He's got he does uh, a great, he does a great job. But let's don't, let's don't grade him down there. He was top five at the combine and a vertical leap. So it's not a lot of difference. And if you jump a 48 and you jump a 41 and a half, it's not a lot of difference. The basket's only 10 feet, so he's extremely athletic, along with the incredible lateral quickness and strength. So, no, he's 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 an excellent athlete. Keon did it all vertically. Yeah, Max Vert. Yeah. Why don't we talk? Why don't we pick up on his on his jump shot? Um, because I think that's what's that's what's going to probably be a swing skill for him. Um. If if there's something that you work on with him in terms of his jump shot, what what enhancements are you trying to make? Are you trying to make it more quick, more fluid? I don't think none. I mean, I mean, like again, he shot the ball at a high clip. I mean, just being on the floor, I think he'll shoot it quicker anyway. You'll you'll be forced to do that. You'll be forced to make quicker decisions. But he's always been a shot maker at every level he's played. Like I stayed, like I told you before, he, you know, he averaged 17, 18 points a game in SEC play. That would say he's a pretty good offensive player. Yeah, one and he of the- shot and he and he shot 80% from the foul line, which normally tells you that when they're young like that, that they're they're really they got good touch. They're gonna be a good shooter. His free throws, uh, they look pretty good. They look pretty good to me. The one one thing I noticed was on his first of two, he's there to stay. He knows he's not getting back on D. On his second of two, he might start fading back a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's got a little fadeaway. He might miss it short or long because of that. So uh, someone's got to remind him to stay at that free throw line and finish the shot. Um, so you so you wouldn't suggest working on anything to to change to lower his dip or increase the speed of his release or and change his mechanics in any way. No, I think he's fine. There's a lot of guys that don't have the greatest shot, looking shot, i.e. Reggie Miller. <laughs> if you was just looking at his shot, you would say that's a terrible shot. <laughs> Even Jamal Wilkes, you know, way back in the day, you know, you can't fight against results. You know, he had great results. I mean, it's certain things that would change anyway because the speed of the game. But a lot of those things he'll pick up on. And all players, you want them to get rid of that big dip, but they do that when they're younger because they don't feel any pressure. Nobody can get to their shot. But at this level, it changes. And he's got a great IQ. He doesn't get enough credit for having a great IQ for the game. Uh, I read today, according to Derek Bodner of The Athletic, he he shot 19 of 70 on off-the-dribble jumpers inside the three-point line. Um, 16 of 63 inside 17 feet. And part of his analysis, I think, or what some people see on the tape is that he might be passing up 
an open three and sometimes settling for a contested pull-up. Would you, would you try to convince him or work with him to get him more confident on just shooting that three? I mean, I, I mean, even even from two, I think he shot 46 and a half, 47 percent. From a standpoint of efficiency, he was an efficient shooter. I mean, we can all, you know, put out a lot of numbers, but I think he's a solid shooter. He's always been a solid shooter. And a lot of things you learn from doing it. You know what I mean? You learn a lot of things from actually doing it. Um, but I'm sure the way NBA offenses are set up, he'll probably shoot more threes because it, a lot of those driving lanes won't be there if, if Joel is in there posting up or whomever or Tobias for that matter. So he'll, you know, he'll take more of them. I don't, I, I mean, I don't know anybody on Tennessee's team that shot a bunch of threes outside of uh, Miscovy and the other uh, young kid. And a lot of times they shoot because they they don't drive. They can't drive. See, that's a that's a whole different reason why you shoot threes because you you can't drive the ball to them. In terms of attacking closeouts, um, people notice that he's really a two-legged jumper. And I heard mm -hmm. him talk that he's been focusing on his explosiveness. I even seen some some footage of you and his brothers all running along the beach uh, doing, mm -hmm. doing some sprints that looked like fun. Has uh, that been a focus of your guys to get him better? At, yeah, to get it, yeah, to get him to jump off one leg more, more often. Obviously, you can shoot the ball quicker if you shoot it off one leg. But like I said, he's a, he's a really powerfully built kid. I don't think the biggest thing you'll find, he got very few shots blocked on pull-ups and around the bucket. Um, and so that that's always good to hear that he didn't get his shots blocked. He didn't have a problem playing against size. He does look like he's got a sturdy base. I know you've, you've thrown out the comparison um, to Marcus Smart at some point for him, where yeah. maybe you don't think that he would get bullied by uh, older, stronger pros. He won't. He won't get bullied. From day one, he won't get bullied. He's He's probably a little bit more athletic than Marcus, probably a little bit taller actually than Marcus. And Marcus Smart is a really good, a really good NBA basketball player. I mean, if he could play D like Smart, that would be a home run for the Sixers. No, nah, especially his first year. Yeah. You, they would be ecstatic at that. Oh, yeah, beyond ecstatic. And the kid will be great. He'll be a great teammate. He'll be a great addition to the team. Um, obviously, the family. The dad knows Doc Rivers well. They all of those people have great relationships. Daryl Morey seemed to be really happy um, with, with 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 drafting James. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So we, we touched upon it a bit at the beginning, but I wanted to dive back into this. You talked about getting to know the player beyond the court and what motivates him and so you guys are playing chess. What can you tell us uh, that he's just like? What's he like as a person? 
was yeah, he he's, into? No, nah, he's a he, nah, he's a really good kid. He's open. He's open to learn and 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 try to grow. He know he, he understands he has to grow really quick in his business. He also realizes that his role on his team would be totally different from any role he's had in the last five six years. So I think he's our ideal teammate, our ideal pro, if you will. Whenever you got a young kid coming in who's probably not going to get in the way of anybody, all the veteran players are always going to enjoy that, and he's going to play defense. The biggest problem with most rookies is you can't play them late because most times they will be taken advantage of. That won't be his problem. Now, he'll have his, his times when older guys are smarter for sure, but it won't take him long to um, – to adjust, and then he's very competitive on that side of the ball. Does he remind you of any clients you've ever worked with, any students that you've had in terms of personality? No, no he's very different from anybody I've ever had because he's probably the first guy I've ever had this really, really good on defense. KD didn't play a lot of defense. He's, he's gotten better. Um, DeMarcus wasn't a great defender, solid. But this kid thinks defense, I mean – He's going to contest every dribble and every shot, every inch of the court. And that's, you know, that's, that's a whole different type of kid. Obviously, you know, a guy that comes to mind, obviously taller, but it came in similar, is Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard was way behind, allegedly, on offense. And so look what he's blossomed into. So I think no ideally you would love to have a kid that's Defense is a team thing anyway. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's somebody that's sacrificed for the team totally. And I think I think ideally most teams would love to have a young kid that thinks defense, thinks competitiveness first. Has that pushed you as a trainer? Have you had to do a little extra homework and say, well, oh, how can I help him? How can I speak his language? How could I find some some drills or some film work that he hasn't thought about? No, well, it being in Miami, of course, we got a chance to play against some taller guys like Mike Beasley. And um, he got a chance to, you know, get a lesson on. Like, Beasley talks trash, you, huh? Yeah, but what do you do with a kid, an, uh, an opponent that's that talented? And he was able to, I was telling him, you know, with Beasley, you're not going to block his shot. So you've got to bother him, you know, be a nuisance, you know, have your hand near his shooting pocket, make him bring the ball around your hand. Just something to slightly throw him off. And so that was he had a good time. And every time Mike came over, he was he was a good listener. So I think it was a it was a good pre-draft camp for him. Um the gym we was in had a lot of other guys that they were working out. So it was it was it was good. Not just him being with me, but the whole atmosphere was great. He had some, I think you said some spicy dunks, some stuff we hadn't seen in, in the Tennessee uniform. On, on oh, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you, can, you can see that on film. Yeah, 360 both. Yeah. He could 360 both ways, dunk it with the offhand. Nah, he he got some posted dunks in his arsenal for sure. He's going to surprise some people. He's much better on offense than people give him credit for. And and what other way is he is he unique? Is he is he curious? Is he would you say he's the type of player who's externally motivated where if you criticize him, he keeps that and he that fuels him? Or is he more internally driven where it's it's about his nah, he, he, he I mean, he's again, he's competitive. So the, the type of family comes from, they're very competitive. They're going to be competitive on any, anything you can imagine. They're competitive. 
And he's not a big talker, but when it gets competitive, he will talk trash, as you saw while we were playing um, chess. I mean, he's a competitive kid. It's a fact, you know. But I think, you know, for the town of Philly and the type of kid he is, I think it's a perfect match. And and I like Philly. What was the situation where you found out it was going to be Philly? Um, the agent found out, and uh, they got the call, and uh, it was like the, Keith Green. Was it when the Sixers were on the clock, or was it beforehand? Uh, I, I, I would be lying if I told you I knew exactly when, but I know you know Chad, his agent, let me know we were all at the draft party at his house, and um, they found out where it was going, and then obviously Doc has a relationship with with um Gary's dad so they talked a little bit so it was good it was it was it was you know everybody was happy is is Jaden hard on himself do you see him get down if he doesn't do something the right way no nah, but I mean he's a young guy so you know he's going to act 18 from time to time but for the most part he's going to do what he's asked I, mean, I can say he's he was raised really well strong family Great mom and dad, brother, older brothers are perfect. They stay on him. You know, it's 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 an incredible setup. I mean, it couldn't it couldn't be better. But sometimes you of, have a play a player like RJ Barrett, who if he makes a mistake, he feels really bad about it, or Brandon Ingram. But then other times you get a guy like Nick Young, Swaggy P or J.R. Smith, and it feels that they're confident yeah, but everybody, no matter what. Everybody you name, everybody you pretty much name is more. They lean more offense. This yeah. kid's gonna play defense and then he's gonna show people how good he is on offense. So everything he does on offense is gonna be a complete plus. And I think he'll impress people a lot quicker because he's better offensively. Yeah. More offense than people think. So his meat and potatoes is defense and the rest is gravy, basically. Yeah, but he's gonna do it. He's gonna he'll learn to run the floor, get out. And, He's going to be wide open. He's never been in a position where, where he was the wide open guy. He's going to be wide open for a lot of shots. It, yeah. If Ben Simmons is around, his shot is going to be crucial. If Ben Simmons is not around, his defense is going to be crucial. But, uh, but either way, he, they're going to want to see both, both of those two things. For sure. For um, sure. I saw on the clip, I think on your Instagram, his father said, he he can have a temper. He can turn into a fierce competitor and get a temper. Have you seen that? Of course, of course. And but that's a good thing. You don't want a teenager being afraid to compete against men. It's not what you want at all for a guy. You know what they say, but NBA stands for no babies allowed. So <laughs> he's he's definitely not going to be a baby out there. So he he gets a temper, but not to the point where it takes him the wrong way. It just makes him more competitive. So if Sam Cassell or Doc Rivers calls you and said, how can I trigger that dog inside him? What, what oh, no, he, he's already a dog. <laughs> he's a dog walking around. Yeah, they never going to have to push that. But would you, no. recommend, would you recommend be supportive or some tough love? Like, what, what would be the way to coach him to get the most out of him? He's coachable. I think either way it works. Like I say, he's come from a great family. He respects authority. So none of that would be a problem. Um, are you working? Are you working on the pull-up jumpers these days? I mean, I think I think Chris Paul showed you still got to take that shot, right? I think 
Milwaukee show, Milwaukee shot a three awful and won a championship. So um, I think, yeah, you still got everybody needs to take that shot. Still, I know, I know the NBA is three centric, but sometimes it, it looks bad. You might watch six possessions and nobody went inside the paint. Sixers so. scored 96 points in their game seven. They could have used someone to hit a couple 20, 20 footers. They could have. Who could but have stopped Kevin Herter, too? <laughs> yeah, exactly. If you stop Kevin Herter, you probably don't got to worry about it. And I can yeah. promise you that Jaden could match up with Kevin Herter really well right now. Yeah, you, you think he could walk right off the floor? at? He'll be 19 in September, so do you think he'll be able to – to check NBA players like that and wings? Yeah. What about yeah. ones that have length over him? How, how does he do against a guy who's 6'8"? I think nah, – I, I don't worry about that. I think the biggest problem for most kids that play D that are not is that small, fast guy. I think most people that's, – that's why uh, people struggle with Trey Young, you know, because he's really small. But outside of that, no, I don't think size would be a problem for him at all. Do you think he can one day be able to switch maybe one through three? Yeah, for sure. But obviously, switching like that is more nuances than, you know, just physical ability. You got to understand the strengths of each player. And that's something he'll learn. He'll watch more film. You know, he'll become more of a student of the game. And that was a big reason why we played chess, to kind of get him to think why he's playing. Why, and what did, he, what did he think about? What did he conclude? Well, he realizes, you know, he's heard it, but I don't think he realizes it. Basketball, is, especially at the highest level, is 90% mental. It's very, even though they talk about athleticism, it's only a small part of it is uh, physical. If you think about, when you think about the NBA, Almost every, every NBA team, they walk the ball up the floor and they dribble to the side and they methodically get into these screen and rolls. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. how fast you run or how high you jump doesn't play a part. You know what I mean? You're basically playing chess. You're trying to outthink, outposition your opponent to be most advantageous to your scoring. That's that's all you're doing. We, wa we watched Chris Paul almost limping around out there, but playing chess and still dominating. Exactly. Was he really hurt or was he, was he playing possum? I don't know. I couldn't tell, but. I think it was a lot of possum. I, I, I did hear Jay mention that he looks at Chris Paul. He looks at Drew Holiday. He looks at Bradley Beal. Um, do you think those are the players he should be modeling or sh should he be looking at those pit bull defenders like Avery Bradley, Corey Joseph? Well, I, I, I think, again, I think he's very similar. Obviously, he's going to get past being a rookie and them calling the ticky-tack fouls on him that rookies get. Oh, yeah. But, They'll be there. But Matisse Stiebel got them. Right. But Matisse is really good on defense right away. You, mm -hmm. you can see that. Mm -hmm. And I think I think Jaden will bring a similar brand of basketball. But even, again, probably more advanced than Matisse on offense. Matisse, you know, he obviously played with Markel. And Matisse very rarely, except for his last year, was a big scorer in college, you know. And he's turned out to be really well. So I think he's a good example of what you can be when defense is your foundation first. 
Yeah, Matisse, uh, Matisse probably doesn't have quite as many offensive skills. I mean, like you said, averaging 17 in, in tournament play um, mm-hmm. is not something that you would expect from Matisse. And you guys right. have been working a lot on his handle, right? I think he said that. What, what, yeah, are, but, what type of dribbling but, drills are you doing? A little bit better with his hand speed, not so much his dribbling. Mm. Just getting him to speed up the pace at which he plays with his hands. Not so much, again, not so much your feet, but how quickly you move the ball around, how you can position the ball away from the defense. So little nuances like that. And what does that do? Uh, Avoid turnovers? Help you make quicker decisions? Well, it, 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 it opens you up to be able to make better passes because at the NBA level, guys are elite in terms of their length and how they anticipate. So, so he won't turn the ball over trying to throw it in their Joel and beat or swing the ball. And then, of course, being able to um, play in tighter areas to get off shots. He looks like, when I watch him, sometimes he has those Julius Randle jump pass highlights or the jump pass turnovers. Do you talk yeah, to him about yeah. those? Yeah, but all, all, I mean, I don't know too many young guys that don't do that. <laughs> right, right. But I he, mean, as good as, good as Trey Young is, he still, he still has that problem a little bit. That's something you, you get you get past as you get older. Experience is so important in every job, not just basketball. So do you think that he's got the ceiling to, to really slow down a player like Trey Young on point of attack? I, yeah, I think he can be disruptive. I think Trey, you know, these guys are so good. You know, you know, you nobody actually gets stopped. As good as Ben did, I mean, Trey still averaged twenty something in the series, you know. Mm-hmm. But I think Ben at times is really disruptive, and I think Jaden being shorter can kind of can kind of smother him, if you will. And if the game is not called, you know, soft, I think yeah, he'll do a really good job defending some of the better guys. But you know, he's gonna have his lessons too, you know. It's 82 games against the best in the world. So it's a lot of lessons to be learned out there. So are you going to be working out with them uh, or the Sixers just have them now? Yeah, you know, I mean, he goes right to summer league, go home for a couple of days, and he has to be in Vegas um, August the 3rd. So, and then he's right in Vegas for a little while. So, yeah, he'll be busy. He'll be do, busy. Do you send your guys – if you ever see any film or see something in their in the way they're landing or their balance, will you send them something like text them? And oh, of course, of course, of course, you try to share with them what you can. But again, like I said, the best thing is you know experience. All right, Keith, what what do you want to plug? What else you got going on? Not man, same thing, man. I probably get out to um Vegas and get with Book and um put, get some working with him. And then, and then continue to work with all my kids I work with in the DMV. So I ain't got nothing big going on, man. I'm a grinder. I just try to do what I do every day and try to be a little bit better at it every day. You're, you're a hoop lifer. I know that. No, I, I, and I've been blessed. You know, I've been blessed. And even with everything that happened in Philly, they say no publicity is bad publicity. And I've had a lot of <laughs> a lot of it good and, and a small amount bad. But you got to take the good with the bad. Um, a lot of people know me for good and bad, <laughs> so I wouldn't trade it, man. It's it's all been a learning experience, but everything I did led up to me being able to be um, Jaden's trainer. So 
you know, you, you got to, just like him, it's going to be ups and downs in the league. He's got to be able to keep moving on. You know, he, it's always going to be somebody saying something about somebody. You know, you know, but all you got to worry about is the people that's with you. You can't worry about who's not with you. And you were around, you were around at that draft party when, when they heard? Yeah, I was at the draft party. What was that like? What was the scene? No, everybody was excited. You know, again, he's not the kid that's, he's not trying to be it. He's just trying to do his part, you know. So he was just, he was just honestly excited about being in the NBA now. Is it a like lifelong, when, a lifelong dream was reached? Is it like That's when it. they? Is it like when they record on on Hard Knocks and you, and he gets a call from the owner and the coach and the general manager and Daryl Morey and Elton Brand and Doc Rivers? I mean, Hard Knocks is rehearsed. I mean, this was you know this was this was in real time and uh, man, I was happy for him as well. Man, it was it was a beautiful thing. Yeah, it was kind of funny that it was Philly. But at the same time, this this is his journey, man. This is his life. I don't want anything. I don't want to have, I don't want to be in the way of nothing that he's trying to do. Because this is about him. Like I said before, I'm just here to help the asset. I'm not the asset. So I, my name don't have to be in lights or nothing like that. It's just all about him and, you know, and his family, of course. Yeah, appreciate that. Uh He's an exciting player, and a lot of fans can't wait to see him play at Summer League. No, nah, he, he'll be really good. He'll be really good. They'll, they'll, be, they'll be happy with what, what, he, what he does on the floor. All right, Keith Williams, thanks so much for joining us again. Got to have you back, so keep grinding. Keep finding the next gems. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Appreciate you. Claude 3 from Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. With models at every point of the price-performance curve, you no longer have to make trade-offs between intelligence, speed, and cost. Claude 3 Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skill and speed. And Haiku is the fastest and lowest-cost model on the market, perfectly designed for high-volume, high-speed use cases. Join the thousands of enterprises who use Anthropic to navigate this new frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude, C-L-A-U-D-E, today. Jumpstart your genius with Claude 3 by Anthropic. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.